Welcome, everyone, to the Paper Cuts Podcast, Issue 29. I'm your host, Dan Ryan, and with me from the great state of New Jersey is, well, uh, both of you, I suppose. So but we'll just say our names together? Just, yeah, Ready? at one, the same time, go. One, two, three. Dean DeValgo. Goldstein. <laughs> Beast Boy. Excellent. With me this week is Beast Boy. Wonder Twins. A.K.A. Changeling. Akka. Akka Changeling. The Wonder Fuck the Wonder Twins, man. Well, it, this, a, is, this that's a whole other topic for a whole uh, other episode. What is, yeah, there's plenty of websites dedicated to monkeys. that, actually. <laughs> monkeys. What was the monkey's name? Like Gleep or something like that? Or? Gle- I, Gleep? Was it Gleek? Like uh, that Gleek, thing, I think, yeah. Thing that you do with your mouth when you were in like fifth grade to spit on someone without looking like you're spitting on someone? Like a velociraptor? Uh, yes. <laughs> Okay, so now that and we got that out of the way. <laughs> issue 29 has come off the rails already a minute into the show. I'm excited. It's good. It's, it's what, I, be- what, I feel like, what I feel like we do on this show is every time we record, we're consistent, at least. <laughs> consistent and fucking consistently, up? Consistently <laughs> inconsistent. Consistently all over the goddamn map. And that's a lovely thing. So, yes, issue 29 of the Paper Cuts podcast. Uh, Evan and Dean, we read a lot of books this week. We read one book in particular that we're going to save for the end that we all have. Uh, it made us feel things and feelings and emotions. And, and, <laughs> and some of us got a little bit scared reading through the book. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Dean, why don't you start us off? With an issue, uh, Mergamurn. <laughs> Is that how you hear it in your mind every time you read it? Yep. Actually, with every page turn. <laughs> you know, like in the old days when you used to listen to a book and it would go boop to turn the page. That's what he hears. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I I peaked the mic, so I don't even know how it's gonna sound when I edit it. <laughs> Yeah, it's that. probably sound close something, to that. Something like that. Right. So, <laughs> Mega Man issue 47, correct? Yes. It was a book. <laughs> All right, somehow drops Evan. the mic. <laughs> um it was it was just a continuation of the last um I think this is the third issue in the storyline. I actually thought it was the fourth and it was going to be over. Nope, I was wrong. It's the third. Uh, Mega Man ends up trying to save the day from Dr. Wily with, uh, Dr. Wily's got this, like, doomsday robot that he stole from Dr. Light that was supposed to be, like, a, a, a good robot, but now it's, like, an apocalyptic weapon of mass destruction, and Mega Man destroys the, the brain in it before it can do anything, but... Wily's like, no, fuck you, Mega Man. I got other plans. So he had, like attaches a brain that Wily's in on top of the head, so Wily can control it manually. So this is basically Mega Man three. Mega Man three sounds about right. It's Gamma. Okay. So, okay. So um, like the 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 book ends with. Wily, like, on top of it and everything and controlling it and about to grab Mega Man. The cool thing that I'm excited about about this is uh, there's other stuff going on in the book, which is cool. Like, um, there was that... I Dan, I don't know if you remember that, like, boss robot that was in the book or the where it's yeah. got all the robots stuck into the one body. 
Yep. Well, Mega Man does away with that thing. He just blows its fucking head off. It was awesome. Nice. And, uh, again, there's this just battle of, like, he almost seems like he has post-traumatic stress in this book because (laughs) he he seems troubled every time he has to do away with one of these robots because to him it's his brothers that he's killing. So every Mm -hmm. time he kills one, it's like, you know, killing an actual brother to him and it it troubles him greatly every time he has to do it and he doesn't understand why these robots just won't listen to him and put down their guns he doesn't want to kill them and just you see the torment on his face every time he has to fucking do this and it's it's not cool he doesn't like being a killing machine um it's it's such a compelling book in that way because you just want to see how the story develops or how Mega Man develops in general. I've never felt like such an um, emotional attachment to a character because, again, this isn't what he wants to do. He was he was made just to be a, a boy, like a, a a companion robot, and he he's he's not. He's a fucking war machine, and he wants no part in that, and it, it troubles him greatly, and. That so part of you're the book. telling me that the theme song to the cartoon show, Super Fighting Robot, Mark was Mark. lying to me? Uh, no, because no. he is a super fighting robot. He just doesn't want to be a super fighting <laughs> robot. He just doesn't want to be? Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, you know, um, I, I like that part of the book and everything. Of course, Wiley is just, he's a dick. Dr. Wiley, main villain, always going to be a dick. What I like best when you review Mega Man books is when you say Wily or Dr. Wily, in my head, E. Coyote follows that <laughs> every time you say it. Two interchangeable characters can totally be switched in and out. Imagine if Wily Coyote was actually a doctor. Anyhow, sorry. I kind of wish he has some sort of doctorate. Otherwise, he's just practicing very, very unsafe science every time he tries to kill the Roadrunner. Mm. Very true. Uh, but uh, to, to go on with this, uh, you, you get to see all the robots from like all the different generations. Uh, I think uh, Woodman shows up. All like the, the the Gen Two robots show up, which is pretty cool. Um, Proto Man shows up in the issue before this, which is really neat. They have a cool battle and all that, and that ends in Mega Man taking him out, and that's how he gets into the castle and everything. This story arc is actually really cool, and it's it's a bit more serious than it normally is, uh, which is weird to say, because the book normally has some sort of uh, serious tone to it, but it, it's getting even like more serious, which is uh, odd, because it's technically a kid's book, but... I don't know if I was to show my kid this, and he just saw Mega Man giving like a headshot and blowing someone's head off to even a robot. That's a little bit more of an adult thing. So what? What's the book rated? Out of curiosity, I don't adults have only. <laughs> no, no. I mean, is it rated like teen? Excuse me. To be honest, I don't have it in front of me. Okay. I, I'm gonna I, do some research. Okay. I, I don't know. I would assume it's rated E for everyone. It's an Archie imprint. Most of their stuff is mm. E. I'd, I'd again. I, I'd be uh, hard pressed to think that this is a teen book or above. Mm. Uh but yeah, Mega Man. My uh, my fi- just to uh, to interject here before you wrap up. My favorite part of this issue was uh, towards towards the end when uh, Mega Man equips the hard knuckle the 
weapon that you get from defeating Hardman, which in the game is uh, a a flying fist, like he shoots his fist. Yeah, his fist at the enemy. <laughs> so in the book, uh, he equips the hard knuckle. He shoots his fist. And then doesn't have, like, half of his arm for a couple panels until Rush brings it back for him. I like that. Which was, like, I'm that's not, I d- really I d- awesome. I don't know, Mega Man. Please tell me Rush is a dog. Yes. Yes. Oh, Sorry. that's awesome. Yeah, Rush is his robotic dog companion that, so, like, so, so, transforms so, into a bunch of shit. So in the middle, so in the middle of this book, they start playing fetch is what you're telling me. Yeah, pretty much. So like, awesome. he blows, he blows the top of this thing <laughs> off and then... His dog goes to get his hand. <laughs> that's all sorts of cool. It's just fantastic. I mean, that's that's a brilliant like. <laughs> I, that's that's insane. <sighs> so yeah, Mega Man, go read it. It's it's more Mega Man. It's it's all the video game goodness you could ever want. I there's no reason not to read it. It's just a fun book. It's cool. I like it. Everyone likes it. I've never met a person that said they didn't like this book yet. So. Yeah, it is a really it. fun book. I agree. And am I am I mistaken in uh, in my thought that relatively soon the rest of the Capcom characters will be showing up? Like World Unite, it, it's coming. World Unite, right? So like, Beautiful Joe is showing up, and a bunch of other like Ryu's going to be Capcom there. Stuff. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to show up. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but it's going to be crazy. <laughs> All right. Mega Man 47, go buy it. Fabulous stuff. Evan, what Hi. you got for us, sir? Uh, I picked up a couple of different books this week, but I want to talk about Gotham by Midnight. Um, all right. It's issue number five. I haven't read one, two, three, or four. <laughs> um, but the cover intrigued me, which, you know, me being an art guy, I, I kind of like that stuff first. Uh, written by so, Ray. Go there, ahead. There were a bunch of pouches and capes on it. No, no, there was no. A, there there's a green man on it. it. Well, okay, it's it's written by uh, Ray Fox, art by Ben Templesmith. Now, standardly, I'm not a big fan of this style of art, the scratchy type art. Um, but the cover, as soon as I saw it, I saw it's it's Spectre. So, I I, I love that guy. I, I he just he just shows up and messes shit up, like just destroys whatever needs to be destroyed. Um, in this book, it just it throws you right into the middle of the action. So there's something going on in Gotham where it seems that the past essence of the land that was before Gotham has materialized into a humanoid black a monster. <laughs> no, because the Spectre is actually fighting this thing. No, 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 not that, not that Spectre. Just a a Spectre. Okay, sure, we can go with a Spectre. Um, I'm gonna give it a try. Icondrid, Icondrid. Oh, the the monster. Yeah, the monster. it's it's I. Th- <laughs> All right. I so can't... before this book, it, it's it's a bunch of small monsters like separated, and like one's called Ikit, the other one's called like Ovo. So it's just a combination of. Uh, all I see those. what they did there. Yeah, it's. It's a fun book. I, I've been reading it since the beginning, and it's it's really cool. And it also shows Jim Corrigan battling 
himself to not let the specter out when it well he he's, doesn't he, need to. He, he yes yeah you you get that feeling in this issue, but the fact of the matter is, is he's lost, and the specter is tearing shit up. They're you know giant characters in the middle of Gotham fighting each other. Uh, we got a couple of groups that we're paying attention to as the story progresses. You got uh, Jim's just there, kind of knocked out. You have a inner monologue of his. He's not really doing anything, but his partner. Um, Detective Drake and a doctor of sorts. Tar. Tar. Oh, damn, I was him. hoping you were going to say Dr. Dre. No, that would have been or awesome. Detective Drake and oh, my Dr. God. Drake. Yo, awesome. there's some ghosts up in this bitch. <laughs> uh, they come across Jim. Uh, she is, we'll say, split on her emotions about it because she knows she has to try to help him, but she also knows that he is the sort of the reason for what's going on uh the other group that's rocking around is sister justine and lieutenant weaver who's jim's boss um and he knows exactly what's going on that the specter comes from jim and he is he is on a mission to kill this man to stop whatever is going on it's the book is it's really fast paced because you got three independent stories going on that all lead into one conclusion and the conclusion is Ikadrid uh, just sort of goes away. That was it. Like he just sort of turns into the swamp, and the 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 the, the sister sister dies. And there's lots of God talk in the book. And the 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 best, in my opinion, the best part about this book is you get Batman for about a page and a half maybe two pages in total, and he's a moron. He has no <laughs> idea what's going on. He doesn't know how to stop. Like, he's not the super Batman that we find in every other book where he is the, the definitive answer for everything. He really has no idea what's going on. He attempts to fight this Gotham-like monster and fails miserably. Um, the, the story itself is okay, I mean, it seems way out of left field for like a DC title because it's lots of spirituality, lots of praying, lots of God talk. Um, and not – I mean like there's action, but they concentrate more on the storylines that don't have much. Like them to, you know, conversing with each other about what they need to do about Jim. And the his partner is protecting him. His boss is trying to kill him. Meanwhile, we got the sister – Nun sister praying off in the corner saying, please help us save this city. Like it's the, I want to say that I liked it. I really do because it's a, it's a solid issue, but I felt like it went like nowhere. Like it just ended now. And it didn't even feel like it was like, you know how when a book ends and sometimes you feel like, Oh, we're going to see this again. This is going to come to bite someone in the ass. I didn't get that feeling. I feel like they were just like, ah, we don't really know how to end it, so just stop. <laughs> so just don't <laughs> like, do it anymore. You, you're picking up what I'm laying down on that one? Like, it's just, yeah. it just sort of peters. You know, da, da, da. I mean, you got two gigantic <laughs> characters fighting in the middle of the city, tearing shit up, and then all of a sudden it just stops. So, I don't know. I, I guess I do like the Spectre. I don't get to see him very often. Um, I definitely like the fact that we got a non godlike Batman in a book, but everything else is just it just 
didn't reach the cl- the climax that it should have. Y- you felt like it was going to. Like there was lots of yelling and gun waving and screaming and but it, eh, at the end it's just like meh. It's it's done. So the the art is very much of the you know like Sam Keith vein where or yeah Sam Keith right yeah that's what I'm thinking of where it's sort of looks like a human yeah Yeah. sort of looks like human very elongated bat ears and lots of very pointy finger claws and it's it was interesting um I probably will check out the the next issue to see where they're going with this because like I said everything just stops and I'm just I I'm not I'm not like drawn like I need to I just have this weird curiosity to say well wait wait it just ended. What's their next? What's the next play? <laughs> like, what? What are they? What's the next thing they're gonna do? <laughs> I was. I was reading that. Why did? Why did you stop? <laughs> yeah, like, it, that's exactly what it felt like. Because, like, as I'm reading it, I don't pay attention to how many pages are left, and literally, it just stopped. And you're looking at a dead nun, surrounded by all the, <laughs> the cast, the cast of characters that were rocking all actiony throughout the whole book, and it's just them, you know, looking at her. So it is what it is. Um, I, I can't – if you like Spectre, if you like seeing that style of artwork, pick it up. It was it was entertaining, but I just felt it left a little bit to be desired with the ending. Now, is is Gotham by Midnight – because I haven't read it yet. I, I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of a horror book set in Gotham City. It, it again brings to question, I suppose, the why the fuck would anyone move to Gotham City? Absolutely. But is it is it happening concurrently with continuity? Like, is it now? Absolutely. Is it not. now? Now? No. no. Okay. No, not at all. So it's then. It's whenever. I, I, okay. To be honest, this could almost be like an Elseworlds book because it, it doesn't tie in anything. Yeah, it's it seems like with when you deal with the Spectre, if he's by himself, it's a, it's the it's their own thing. They happen to. It seems like they happen to just sprinkle a bit of Batman into the book to make sure you remember that they're in Gotham. Okay, so but this isn't. It's not specifically like during Batman's first year, shit was going bananas. No, and, he he no. seems to be fully okay. established, and he also seems to know what Corrigan is doing with this like Gotham by Midnight unit as well. So okay, it's I I find. The reason I bring it up really is just because I, f- I find it so interesting to try and figure out DC's continuity as to when things are actu- actually happening, especially with all the convergent stuff that is going to happen. Like, I wonder where that leaves books like Gotham by Midnight. You know, will that end eight issues in because they're like, well, we're rebooting again. So whatever. It seems it seems that way. Um, I can't I I can't fathom how they're going to squeeze this into continuity because it's right. a total destruction of Gotham yet again. Right. Um, I don't know how and, I feel and, about and I mean, Convergence. I, you know, I just yeah. sort of got used to New 52. Right. And Convergence itself, like I'm looking at covers, I'm looking at, um, you know, tentative costumes. And, and like, it seems like they're just changing shit for the sake of changing shit. Mm-hmm. And like that... I, I I'm a I'm a comic collector of twenty plus years. That doesn't do it for me anymore. Right. 
it's not necessarily I, I don't like change. I don't like change just for the sake of change. <clears throat> you know, if you want to yeah, give no, me a, a solid story that includes change, I'm all for that. Yeah, sure. But it just seems like they're doing this just for the sake of, hey, we can. So we let's... can, and if we put a bunch of number ones on it, you'll buy them. Yeah, sons of bitches. So, well, so Gotham by Midnight is met with a resounding meh. Meh, if it's your thing. Yeah, if it, you know what, if it is your thing, you'll enjoy it. Um, this is something I just picked up because I saw the cover, and I was like, yes, I'll take a look at this. Um, it, it wasn't enough to, to drag me into saying, I got to go read the back issues or find out where. I'm just curious to see what the next, their next step is because, like I said, it just stopped. So Right. Well, that, that kind of dovetails into the book that I wanted to talk about first this week. Uh, because it, it very similar similarly to what you're saying about Gotham by Midnight, uh, this book is if you're a fan, you have to pick it up, and if you're not a fan, well, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a the fan. Thing for you. Yeah, it, it's uh, well, okay. So the book is uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour presents Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars. Now. If you are already an adventure cateer, is that what you're this calling is for yourself? You. <laughs> That's what they call it, sir. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. This is for you. If you have no idea what the fucking adventure cateer is, it is a the thrilling adventure hour is a a podcast network within the overall scope of Nerdist Industries, and it started off. It's becoming much much bigger over like the last year or so. Thrilling adventure hours really started to to blow up where they're doing nationwide tours and they're going to be in New Zealand, I think in a couple months. And they're really starting to become this really kind of big, serious deal. And what it is, it is, it is old time radio. So like the shadow and you know, like those radio dramas, radio plays back before there was television. Mm -hmm. It's stories done like that. Um, but performed live in front of an audience. Uh, they they did a bunch of them, like their home base is in L.A., so they do a bunch of them in L.A., and they have people come up on stage and read these uh, different parts, in the, and it's just a radio drama. And they have ridiculous things, like Jefferson Reed, Ace American, who is played by Nathan Fillion, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. just fantastic, and Amelia Earhart, the fearless flyer, and the cross-time adventures of Colonel TikTok. And Desdemona Hughes, the diva detective. They have all these really ridiculous things. And the podcasts are usually about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And they tell you a, a little story. They are complete with fake radio ads for companies and shit and sponsors that don't exist. You know, a lot of them are brought to you by, like, cigarette companies and that sort of thing. And they get really good actors. Like, the, the actors that are on this are usually a bunch of people where if you saw them in real life, you'd be like, oh, fuck, it's that guy. No shit, I love that guy. Right, that's that's who these guys are. Gotcha. I, I, I would argue that their flagship show is Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. And Mr. Nevada is a human. Uh, it's in the, in the theme song. Like, that's kind of the... They do this whole, like, Old West kind of theme song, and then he's like, I'm from earth it's like this really just kind of over the top cheesy fantastic thing 
and he is a marshal protecting the human beings that are living uh, on Mars. And it's it's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's funny. It, it's it's just awesome. And it's written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, which is Acker and Blacker Productions. Acker and Blacker Productions, man. <laughs> and they write these things, and they are also responsible. They're the writers for the comic book, Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars. The second issue just came out this week. Uh, it's being put out by Image Comics. I think the other uh, thrilling adventure hour thing that they have out is, I think it's Beyond Belief. I haven't picked it up yet. I'll have to uh, I'll have to keep an eye out for it. I don't even know if it's out yet. But the the book itself, right? So all that aside, the book itself is I want to love it more than I do. And one of the things that works so well about the podcast itself is the the performances of the actors. They give these characters such such a just such depth and life and they really do a, an amazing job. I mean, it really is phenomenal to, to listen to these podcasts. I, I may not be, what What do you call a person that listens to? An adventure kateer. I am not an adventure kateer, but I have listened to the show and I think okay. what they're doing correctly is that all of the actors and or actresses are all very good at... Um, that style of com the yes ending the the um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want to say impromptu but that's not that's not the the proper word the uh, holy crackers it's just a complete style of comedy anyhow they play very well off of each other they're not sticking directly to a script improv improv right. thank you wow it's <laughs> gonna be one of those days um, impromptu was, improv impromptu improv yes what what like the it's very specific one that I was listening to, like there was some sort of, you know, interaction with the audience and they stopped the show for a good minute and a half to go, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. This is how you do it. And they incorporated it into like the story almost like it felt like it was sort of planned out, but you know, it wasn't because who the hell writes interact with audience to call them idiots into a script. Um, So I, I do enjoy the show. I wouldn't go as far as to, title myself that you know throw that on a business card right uh, it is on my business card actually. oh good to know good to know yeah <laughs> card carrying adventure kateer adventure kateer <laughs> and but i i think that's a fair point because reading the issue it feels just a little bit uh stilted mm-hmm. there it's missing a little bit of that no pun intended spark that really brings these shows to life it is. It was still really good. Like I've I've read both issues. I enjoy both issues. Um, the the biggest complaint actually that I have on it is the artwork. It is a little too. It's uh, it, it's sort of like uh, Omeng's artwork in Powers, but not that good. If that makes sense. It seems very simplified and childlike. It is. And the story, like the Sparks Nevada story, while it is kind of a, a pastiche and a send up of these old Western, you know, these ridiculous concepts, it's not um, it's not childish in any way. And this art, the, the artist is uh, Jay Bone. And 
I could see this guy killing it on a number of books, right? Mm-hmm. A, a number of the stuff that Boom Studios is putting out right now, uh, like the um, the Cartoon Network books. I think this guy would would be great for, but it's just a little. It's a little too flat. It's a little too childish, in in my opinion. And I, I don't mean childish. That sounds like I'm really fucking bagging on it, but I'm really not. Like, it's not childish in the fact that, like, oh, a five-year-old drew this. It's it's, it's childish. It, it's too cartoony. It's I simplified. And, yeah. and it's it, it because simplification doesn't mean bad or good or either way. It's just a very – you, you want to get a guy with a robotic arm? There it is. It's very simplified. Right. A couple of lines, a couple of boxes. It's right. not a real arm. Uh, from what I could see in the book, it needs a little more grit, I guess would be a good word to use. Like it, it, it's, it needs it's more gravitas. Sterile. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very sterile. It doesn't look like the thing like there's a scene where it I don't know, they're they're either underwater or in space, and they it seems like they're just layered on top of each other, like you would do with like a, a color forms type playset. Yeah, they give this... you a background and they just plop things onto it. Yeah, it looks like color forms. That that is that You're is a really, really yeah. That's <laughs> no, that's it. That's what I was looking for. It looks like color forms, Stop. and I I just I want a little something different. Like I understand totally what they're going for, uh, you know. And like I said, Mister Bone. Big fan of the show. I'm not trying to offend you here, sir. It's just not... I just don't think it's necessarily the right fit for this book. You know, I look at somebody like... Like, the work that Chris Samney does on Daredevil. Mm -hmm. He is one of my favorite artists working today. And he draws in a very similar style to, to what's happening here in Sparks, Nevada. But it's better. There's just... There's something more to it, and I, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like color forms. He just right. doesn't suck at his job. Say it, Dan. No. Say it. Easy look, killer. <laughs> Dean, you're the one who's here to offend the artists, not me. We we have our roles very clearly established. All of you suck. <laughs> I don't know. It's something as simple as like maybe it's the shading or like Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's just something that's a little off to me. I feel you. Yeah, Not that it's I, bad in any way, shape, or form. I just right, don't think no, it's the it's, right fit for this. It's very good, and it's better than anything I could fucking do. But I just, it's just not exactly what I want for this. It's <gasps> what just a, a raving review. <laughs> <laughs> By the book, it's better than some shit I could do. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, and, the, and and even with all that, I really enjoyed it. The The comedy is there. The, the dialogue, which is... I mean, that's the whole crux of the podcast is the dialogue. It, it's there. It's funny. The voices that they give the characters on the show are the same voices if you listen to the show. It's the same voices you're going to hear in your head while you're reading through the book. It's it's just, it's an enjoyable thing to get with. Um, I, I would say give it a shot. You might find yourself, like, finding something that you really enjoy and then go out and listen to, to the podcast. Not that they need us to help them out or oh, anything, shit, no. but, but they do a really great job. It's a really awesome show. It, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about it. That's, that's really, 
you, you know, it's if you're a fan, pick it up. If you're not a fan, give it a shot. Okay, great. 10 out of 10. Let's go. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Moving on. Wow. So apparently, apparently Dean has something to do today. <laughs> yeah, Dean, what the fuck you got going on? It's Sunday morning. Chronic masturbation. All right. Are you doing it? Wait, are you doing it now? Do you do that during the show? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so glad we all silenced to wait for something. <laughs> and the subscriber numbers have either gone up, which makes me a little concerned, or have either dropped, which also has me concerned, but for but very different completely reasons. Completely different reasons. You know, it took me a minute reasons. or two to like try and figure out. I was like, how the, how the fuck how do I, I make, make this, this noise? <laughs> but yeah, knocked it out of the park there, dude. Thank Good you. job. Thank you. Well, uh, done, real quick good. before we jump into Multiversity. Enough about Garden State Comic Fest. We no, no, no. absolutely not. Oh, okay. We both we I I'm not 110. Dean, I we both read two other books that we wanted to at least comment on real quick. Thanos versus Hulk is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank God. Four out of four. We're done. Okay. <laughs> That's all I could say about the book. Zero out of ten. <laughs> Maybe eleven out of twelve. Moving on. <laughs> Really, so, it was that bad, dude. Oh my God. Uh, it was it was really shitty. Okay. Oh, okay. Like it's maybe if it was like fifty years ago, it would have been good. Okay, but not now, not now at it, all. It seemed kind of ridiculous because it's like, hey, Thanos, that guy who like can destroy the entire, you know, everything. Uh, yeah, Hulk, go punch him. It's like, well, fuck, no. It, Next, over exposition kills a book, and this. This book is rife with it, like pages upon pages of exposition. And I, okay, I'm not a moron. I <laughs> see these things. You don't have to fully explain it. So, but just it's over. Yay! Wait, who won? Spoilers, but who won? Nobody. Iron Man. <laughs> Nobody won. There was the the fight. Squirrel girl. The, the fight never finished. He was zapped away, like like with teleported away. So, Ugh. exactly. Yuck. Here's a, a, a tip from your friends at the Paper Cuts Podcast, kids. If a book has verses in the title, don't fucking buy it. <laughs> don't do it. It's a waste of your money. Every time. Actually, Every if, it says, time. if it says the word verses, I'm going to go with that. But if it just says VS, you uh -huh. have like a 40% chance of it being okay. <laughs> mm. Because they've made it cool and hip by making it a shortened version. I don't know. 40 percent sounds a bit high, but I'm but trying to be optimistic. You read it, it's not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. All right, Dean. What was the other one you read? Porno. <laughs> no, he. No, he, other he was... than the porn. God damn it, Dean. He, Focus. He, we talked about a uh, gaslight. Uh, not gaslight. Gotham by midnight. See, that's <laughs> a better book. <laughs> Evan's got my back. Gotham by gaslight was the fucking. Batman is Green Lantern thing, wasn't it? No, Steampunk oh, Batman. Steampunk Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go I don't now. read a lot of DC books, all right? Never mm -hmm. have. And you chatted about your Daredevil, which looked stunning. It looked really good. Like, Oh, God. Daredevil's so good. It's What's going on in Daredevil right now, just as a quick aside, what's going on in Daredevil right now is so insane. Daredevil has moved to California and outed himself as Daredevil, even though he was outed fucking uh -huh. years ago. 
Um, but now it's official. He's officially like, Matt Murdock, I'm Daredevil. Hey, he shows up into the courtroom in a fucking red suit. Like, he doesn't fight in the Daredevil suit anymore. He just fights in his in his lawyer suit. <laughs> and, like, he's got a dare, the Daredevil symbol, instead of being on his chest on his costume, is now on his belt buckle. Nice. He doesn't wear his glasses anymore. Like... Ooh, that's off-putting. He sounds like Yosemite it's, Sam. It's... <laughs> it's it's really like Mark Wade going, I'm going to be off this book soon, so I'm going to do a bunch of ridiculous shit before I put all these toys back in this toy box. <laughs> Here, fix it. And it's awesome. I mean, Chris, Mark Wade's a great fucking writer. Chris Samney's artwork on this book is so good. It's so His storytelling from panel to panel is what people should be studying if they want to become comic book artists. It is brilliant and beautiful and fabulous and if you're not reading dare like we don't i don't review daredevil on this show because it would just be like that eh, 10 out of 10 buy the fucking book if you're not reading daredevil you are missing one of the best books put out every month by any company it is fantastic all right all with right that be, with that being said so buckle up kids here it comes put on your waiters it's about to get your, deep. Your waiters. It really is. So, okay. This week, the three of us read the, I believe, I'm not mistaken, penultimate chapter of the multiversity. Right? There's only one more after yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. So, it's penultimate, not antipenultimate. Okay. So, the penultimate chapter of the multiversity, Ultra Comics number one, written by our friend Grant Morrison, Drawn by a man whose name I butcher in my head every time I look at it, Doug Mankey. Mankey. Mankey? Mankey. Like the Pokemon. Doug Mankey. Oh, fuck. All right, so, <laughs> so drawn, drawn by our friend and Pokemon, Doug Mankey, Ultra Comics number one is the book. If you've been reading the multiversity, it is the book that is in all the other books that we've been reading. It's the cursed comic book, the one that people are like, oh, there's this fucking book, and oh my god, shit's come off the rails. What the fuck? Bum, bum, bum. So it starts with Ultra, the hero, uh, like saying we're back and then immediately talking to the reader immediately breaking the fourth wall pointing at literally at pointing us, at you literally pointing at you like if you move your head you, around his eyes follow you yeah it's fucking weird <laughs> actually it's his creepy. gem follows you <laughs> his ultra gem yes we'll we'll fucking get to the ultra gem don't mm. you worry about it uh, don't you worry your oh, sweet biffy little lady okay and so he points directly at the reader and says you yes you don't go, don't leave me alone. I'm sorry. I realize you don't even know me yet, friend, but I know you. I know all of you. I'm tw I'm from 24 hours and 36 pages in your future, right? This is three pages into this book, and it's already the weirdest fucking comic book anyone has ever read. But if anyone could do it, it's Grant Morrison. <laughs> right. And what's amazing is that, like, he's kind of beat up, you know, and he says that, like, I'm from the future and, like, I had to come back to do this thing. And his his one eye is all fucking red and it looks like he's bleeding, but he's not bleeding blood. He's bleeding ink because he is a comic book character who knows he's a comic book character. 
it's it's a little it's yeah put on your waiters kids okay hold on wait let let the listeners heads explode okay progress okay so so we turn the page he said well the, no the the panel, some of us didn't <laughs> the, the very last panel on page number three which is as far as evan made it in this book <laughs> says we're in the oblivion machine it's a trap don't turn the page some right. of us went I got to find out what the fuck happens next. And Evan went, you're right, sir. And closed the book. I actually threw the book <laughs> away, ran away screaming. <laughs> the oblivion so, machine. Oh my God. So we are in the oblivion machine. So when you turn the page, you get a shot Some dude. of a man sitting at a desk with nothing else around him. And on the desk is fucking ultra comics. And he's like, there you are guess that's one way to get your attention right so now this guy's talking to me mr corporate to me yeah mr corporate fucking muckety muck is talking to me about my experiences reading a comic book and how that like uh, all right listen he, like, when, he, when, when there's an actual bubble and this, I did read a little bit past page three it actually said uh da, 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 sure i'm just a pen and ink representation but I'm real enough for you to hear my voice inside your head, right? Like, that's just creepy. Come it on. <laughs> it is. It really, but, so, so we go through, and and what I really like, I loved this issue, by the way. I thought that this was absolutely brilliant. And I think the story that, that Grant Morrison is telling here is a really straightforward kind of dissection of, what comic books really are. And he's talking about Mr. Corporate Muckety Muck is talking about our superhero who has thousands of secret identities, many thousands of faces. Um, and how, you know, he is created in this world because the world of this issue is earth prime and in earth prime because of the physics, there are no actual superheroes. So earth prime is an analog for, us for the real world right. and basically what morrison i think is saying here is that you know these these characters that we read they become real they become not flesh and blood but we transfer energy into these ideas and these these ideas sort of take on a life of their own and that's how you get message board flame wars over who would win in a fight, Thor or Superman. Superman. See, but we have opinions on it, but these fucking things aren't real. Right. They're not reality, but we argue them as if they were. It's one of the things that, that we talked about last week, Evan, when you weren't here, Dean and I talked about the, the uproar over the... Uh, Batgirl 41 cover with the Joker and how people are like, how could this call back to the Joker, you know, sexually assaulting Barbara Gordon? And he, the like, and how could he, he raped her. The Joker would never rape anyone. But I can say that because he's real to me. Right. And it, he wouldn't, like, you know what I mean? So, and I can make that argument that the Joker wouldn't rape anybody because rape isn't fucking funny. Right. And the Joker is all about shit that's funny the joke so yeah so we can have these conversations about these things 
And this whole issue basically is just Grant Morrison kind of reaffirming and explaining to us that these comic book characters, while they may be fake, they're also real. And that's kind of a really brilliant and lovely thing that he has done. Well put. That book is batshit fucking put. nuts. No, this is just, it's fucking nuts. It's it's crazy. <laughs> y'all want to read it? Y'all better get your heads ready to get exploded. It's fucking insane. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on. There's a gigantic demon egg. It's fucking crazy. It's mm. crazy sauce. I, I will get to the demon egg in a minute <laughs> because I'm I'm really glad you're taking lead on this because I'm enjoying the shit out of it. So go. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of the things that I thought he did so beautifully in this book, it's, it's a conversation that I think I've talked about on the show before, but I remember very specifically having this conversation with one of my roommates in college with my roommate, Chris. He asked me one day because I would leave like I've been reading comic books my whole life and, you know, I would go and buy my books and, and, you know, read them in the bathroom because that's what comic books are for. They're bathroom reading. And I would just leave them in there, you know, and my roommate came up to me one day and he was like, dude, so when you read these books, do, do they have different voices in your head? And like, he almost seemed embarrassed about it. And I was like, Oh, oh fucking, of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. And in this issue, ultra says, you know, my voice is mostly American with a little bit of Canadian and British and, you know, a dozen or, you know, bunch of other different types of accents in there. And it's the voice of a boy and the voice of a girl. And there's different opinions about me. And it really, Grant Morrison is talking to us. He's, he's letting us know that, that kind of how we do this and how we read comic books is it's right. It's all right. If in your mind, Batman doesn't sound like Christian Bale. He doesn't have this word of me, right? If he doesn't have that thing in your mind, but if he's British and he's like, Oi, governor, swear to me, you know, like that would be fun. That's totally fucking fine. It's okay. Because these comics become whatever we make of them. They are us. They are analogs to us. It's why Spider-Man wears a fucking mask because Spider-Man can be anybody. Peter Parker is specifically a white kid from Queens. Spider-Man is everyone. Every little boy, every little girl who read a Spider-Man comic book could imagine themselves under that mask. It's one of the, you know, one of the most beautiful things about comic books is that it gives you this emotional escape into being better than you are or to escape your shitty job or Something bad happened in your life and your parents grounded you. So you read this book about these crazy adventures. Whatever it is, it is emotional engagement. And they even say that in the book. Like, they're, they're these very well-placed little orange text boxes that are, they're not ultra talking to us. It's not the narrator of the story talking to us. The, these little orange boxes throughout this issue, I think are the the big muckety-muck guy who's creating the comic to get our emotional energy talking to us. And there's even a point where he says, increase emotional engagement, right? And that's mm -hmm. what these things do, you know? And the, the crux of the story of him fighting these weird characters and these kind of bug versions of the Justice League, like there's bug Superman and bug Batman, and they're just really weird and creepy looking. Um, and there's some 
you know, because it's still Grant Morrison, so there's got to be some weird shit thrown in there, <laughs> like on sprinkling on, of weirdness. Yeah, a sprinkling of weirdness in this otherwise really straightforward book. Um, <laughs> you know, so like, so he fights these guys, and then there's this weird, there's this weird cube thing that shows up that is kind of because as much as this book is about the nature and of storytelling and of comic book storytelling in and of itself. This is still part of a big event and does have to kind of move the story forward as well. Right. So we get the kids from tomorrow and they're just a, a, a neighborhood guard. Like they call themselves both things. It's, it's the, the little character red riding hood uh, says it's the year, whatever in five you're face to face with the neighborhood guard and, all these little kids are there and some of them have guns and some of them have axes and crossbows and they're really terrifying little kids. <laughs> and it turns out that they're sort of maybe kind of cannibals too. And that they superhero like, cannibals, superhero cannibals. Cause they consume like the energy and there's this weird box thing. And like, all of that was a little bit weird. All of that. I feel like it wasn't had as... absolutely nothing to do with the story. Yeah, it really didn't. It really was just a plot device. And it was, I think, kind of done on purpose because I, I, from what I know of Morrison in interviews that I've read with him and whatnot, he does like to uh, to kind of play with the tropes of comic book storytelling in, in the idea that, well, there's a box and it's got a guy in it. Why? Because it's a fucking comic book and I had to, I had to do something. So that's what I did. Deal with it. You know, and, and that's really what this point is here. There's this box and it's got this guy in it and the heroes that are there, they are supposedly seem like heroes at the beginning, uh, turn out not to be. They're super cannibals and they're going to eat Ultra, who's the analog for us. And out of the box comes the Ultra with two A's, uh, he, you know, the big bad guy. And and he's going to be the, the villain here. He he looks like a guy that I've seen before. Um, I, am I wrong there? Yes. There was a, a comic where a kid turned into an oversized, very large superhero. I can't mm. remember. It was, it was an imprint of sort, but that's, it's, it looks very similar to that character at some point in time. I'll figure it out. He eats okay. rock candy. Ew, <laughs> not cool, dude. He does eat the gem out of ultra's head, which was weird, but kind of turned into this interesting discussion of Ultra saying to this character, you know, you, you ate that thing out of my head and you thought it was something, but what it actually is is explosive because, again, it's a comic book and I can do this. And if we're thinking it, if everybody is thinking it together, then we can outsmart these villains and get through this thing. Um, it, the, it was just, it was really well done it's it's a really strange book because i don't know that i've ever read another comic book like this right i don't think there's ever been written another comic book like this especially when the intellector shows up at the end of it and it's like an egg with bat wings and a giant eye in the middle of it and what was awesome is that morrison even wrote in um what some people will inevitably say on the message boards of but it's a fucking egg with bat wings on it. It's so stupid, right? Like he put that oh, in my there money already. Bag. Don't forget the evil bat wings, man. Like, they, like I love that he put that shit in there. And as a quick aside, I was reading this book, and uh, my daughter 
looked over my shoulder and she was like, daddy, what is that? And I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's, it's a weird egg thing. I, I haven't finished the book yet. I'll let you know. She was like, I'm going to go build it out of Legos. And she runs upstairs and she built this thing out of Legos. She has like, she put little bat wings on it and an eye in the center. She was, and it destroyed your house. <laughs> yeah. I I'm doing this podcast from outside in a shack. Now that I just found I'm wandering bat around. I thing took over. It was so weird, but like, but how cool is that? My daughter saw this thing and she was like, I'm going to go make that out of Legos. Right. And she did. But I think what, what I find really interesting about that is that just like Grant Morrison was saying throughout the crux of this issue is that these things do become reality. My daughter saw an image of a book she could not begin to understand because she's fucking five. And like this book, most, most people are going to struggle with understanding this book, you know? So a five-year-old could never possibly read this book and understand it, but she saw a picture and it became reality into a thing that she created out of Legos. She made that thing her own reality. Like, Point proved, Mr. Morrison. Well done, sir. You have just as you nailed it. As as I'm reading this book, I you know I have a a penchant for watching a mm -hmm. television show called Ancient Aliens, uh -huh. which is an amazing show. Um, I wouldn't watch it if you're kind of weak-minded, because it'll make you believe everything is because <laughs> of aliens. That's sure. the guy with the crazy hair who goes, yes. aliens. Yes. Aliens. Um, but there was one, uh, uh, I'll call it an episode, where they were tying our current day comic book characters and stories to aliens. Let me finish. I know it's a big jump. <laughs> um, really, the, the crux is, is that all of our stories, all of our superhero and heroine stories come from past stories, the Thors, the, the Zeus's, all the mythology, and we just somehow sort of twist it, put a costume on it, maybe some thunderbolts or a cape, and we have Superman, we have Flash, we have literally have Thor. If you, if you just step back, because this was a, a point in the show that sort of just kind of like tweaked my mind a little bit, is that think what happens if the world is still around a thousand years from now. And they're doing some sort of archaeological dig and they come across some geek's comic collection. All of these stories are stupidly similar to the tales of Greek gods. And, 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 and we – they can be interpreted like this will become like our current our, – our religion. These are the people that we look up to. These are the people that we told stories about. So it had – and there is a very large set of people out there that do. Like Superman is the type of character that people want to grow up to be because he's truth, justice, and the American way. Batman is super smart and, and can figure and can figure himself out of any situation. Those are things to live up to. When, yeah, granted it was 2,000, 20,000, 100,000 cave drawings, you know, they, the, the people told their story and now we're looking at a physical comic book that is telling us this is the shit that happens. We embody these characters. We make them real even though they're just pictures and scribbles on a page. So it's it shows like the, the deeper connectivity for this, the comic book culture and the actual material that we grow up with, that we collect, that we 
that we love, that it's more important than just funny pages. And I think they did a really good job in sort of explaining that convoluted sort of lights and lasers and sort of way. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think Grant Morrison and, and Doug Menke as well, his artwork in this issue Perfect. was, was on point, man. I mean, he just absolutely crushes it in every panel. They did a really good job of taking what is essentially still, uh, no, uh, even though the Avengers movie made a billion dollars and Avengers 2 is going to make $2 billion, comic books are still have a stigmatism, right? It, mm -hmm. There is still the stigmatism that even if you went to see the Avengers movie, well, I'm not going to read a fucking comic book, though. Those are for kids. Nerds! You know? Nerds! Right? There, there's still that stigmatism associated with it. And I think a lot of us sort of embrace that stigmatism of like, yeah, fuck you. Whatever. I read it. I don't give a shit. You know? But, uh, but there are a large portion of the readership that is quiet about it. They don't talk about their love of these things and, and things like, well, for example, South Jersey Geek Fest or Garden State Comic Con or Com Garden State Comic Fest, sorry. That <laughs> are, um, I'm hanging up on you now. <laughs> they're, they're places where people can come out and sort of be amongst their own and express themselves. You know, I think Grant Morrison did a very nice job of reaffirming that idea, discussing really how important comic books are to not just to, you know, to us, but to culture and society, while also telling an entertaining story and advancing the plot of this multiversity thing that has to get us to convergence so DC can reboot their fucking universe. So we can start right? all over again. Right. You know, he's, he's that good. I don't, Grant Morrison is not my favorite writer because a lot of times his shit, I think, is too intelligent. You know, it comes off the rails a little bit too much, and it's like we understand that you understand this about about these characters, Grant, but not everybody else gets it. So this true. one, this time, I think he actually—I don't want to say dumbed it down, but simplified his thought process enough for everyone to be able to get it and it was it was beautiful i mean this is this is one of the best books that i've ever read well he's got one more issue cross your fingers he doesn't fuck it up yeah i hope uh, the next issue is just like superman punching things like we go <laughs> random from, panels like just, punching a tree punching a car <laughs> <laughs> all this really brilliant shit that has happened in the multiversity book and then it just ends with superman punching a puppy what? How did that happen? He's got some sort of grand explanation in the backup notes. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I don't know, man. Multiversity Ultra Comics. Buy this book. Read this book. This is an important book. Mm -hmm. This is more important than most books that have come out in a long, long time. I feel, in, in one humble podcaster's opinion, well, I say humble, one sort of humble podcaster's opinion. <laughs> this is a book that you should read. Dan Drayden, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Woo! Okay, I think uh, I think we've we finished everything. We good? Yeah. We're good? Yeah. Right. Okay. 
wrap this I think, up. I yep. think that was good. Yeah. All right. Well, Evan, um, I know I alluded to it earlier, but I feel like I feel like there's a <laughs> yeah, place yeah. where where the nerds can gather and oh, share. Nerds, geeks alike, they could all come on down. Garden State Comic Fest. Marstown, New Jersey. It's at Menon Arena. It's July 25th and 26th of this year. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Comics, games, toys, uh, guests of all sorts. Um, I did promise that the next time I was going to be on, I was going to have a complete list, but I lied straight out. Sorry. <laughs> um, we are still, you know, releasing guests. Yeah, I mean, we just podcasters. We're going to have their uh, cosplayers, different artists and writers, and all of that stuff. So I assure you, the next time you hear my voice, it will be included in the show. I will have a current list of every guest that we're going to have there. Did you fucking lie to us? Uh, yeah, I did. It's, get used to it. So, But like I said, Garden State Comic Fest, July 25th, 26th, Morristown, New Jersey. Men in Arena. Come one, come all. Woo! Woohoo. Garden State Comic Fest, it's real to you, it's real to us too. <laughs> this is very true. Possibly a little bit more real to me because, damn, putting on a show is a lot of work. <laughs> damn. So what you're saying is that you're a better geek than all of us. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, from the, word, from the voice of a not-so-humble podcaster, yes. Yes. Uh, Dean, um... I feel like there may be something in the show notes that you want to talk about. No! <laughs> Click. I don't want to! Okay. So, apparently there won't be any show notes this week, kids. There'll be. There'll always be show notes, okay, Dan? Oh. And in fact, in fact, if you want to read the comics that we talked about and stuff and, and read this crazy-ass multiversity book, you know where it's going to be, Dan? Do you know where it's going to be? Uh, I'm guessing the show notes. Yeah, you're goddamn right. It's going to be in the show Garden notes. Garden State Comic Fest. No, <laughs> It's going to be at Garden State Comic <laughs> Fest. Yes, you're going to have to wait another couple months to go ahead and read this book. Uh, you can purchase it there. Uh, it's going to be about $9,000 an issue. Uh, you know, no, you know what? $9,000 a page. We're, we're upping it. Morrison's, yeah. Morrison's rules. He's Scottish. Can't yeah. argue with that. Besides that, uh, it'll have all the links to our social stuff, and you can take a look at the shows we'll be at. At the very bottom, we'll have all the events we're going to be at in the very near future, which we're most likely going to be at something every month, so you should definitely check that out. If you want to come and high-five us and stuff, we're going to be doing some events and shit at everything. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for everything. I'm excited for life. That's good. You should be. Yeah. It it did, it did. Is Dean somewhere around? I don't know who this person is speaking. <laughs> but did did it do something to Dean? Is he all right? He's fucking dead. <laughs> it's, it's all that masturbation. Chronic. Makes you happy. Chronic. <laughs> okay. All right. So to wrap it up, if you want to check out any of the stuff we talked about today. Go look in the show notes. It's all going to be in the show notes. Look at the damn show notes. For God's sakes, I don't write them for myself. Look at the fucking show notes. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that there are show notes. Yes. Okay, cool. All okay, right. good. Good, good. All right, well, and if you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to geekaid.com. Check out all the articles, all the videos, all the stuff that we have going up daily. It's in the same flavor as this podcast. It's brilliant. They're lovely. 
check it out. If comment. We do say so ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we write most of it. So, you know, go check it out. It's fucking great. Geekade.com, G-E-E-K-A-D-E.com. Dot com. And that's going to wrap it up for issue 29. You got that right? it. That's right. Yes. That's going to wrap it up for issue 29 of the Paper Cuts podcast. Tune in next week for more hilarity, more discussion. Have a pleasant day more and a better tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and you derail this right at the end. Bye. Bye. Adios.